So if you haven't already, please turn to John chapter 6. Uh, we're continuing our I, our, our I, I Am series uh, by looking at Jesus, the bread of life. Um, let me just pray as we start. Uh, Lord Jesus, we come to you and we pray, God, that you would speak to us. We pray that you would enrich our hearts, Lord. We pray that um, you would uh, breathe life, Lord, into our, our souls. Uh, we pray, God, that we would meet with you personally, Lord, uh, as we listen to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to start us off by asking us two questions to, to reflect on. The first question is this, uh, how satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in life right now? The second question is, what do you need to feel satisfaction in your life? So how satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in life right now? And what do you need to feel satisfied? If the average person in Hong Kong were to answer these questions, it may sound something like this. I am very dissatisfied and discontent. I feel trapped. I can't see the people I care about. I can't do the things that I enjoy. I'm worried not only about my physical health, but my mental health. I'm scared of being separated from my family if I get COVID. Or I'm in COVID, I have COVID and I am bored out of my mind in isolation. The only way that I'm going to feel good about life again is if everything goes back to normal, if all of those restrictions uh, really go away on April 21st and beyond. That's how I'm going to feel satisfied. So, so how satisfied and fulfilled do you feel in your life? And what do you need to feel satisfied right now? In verse 35 of today's passage, Jesus answers these questions saying, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But calling himself the bread of life, Jesus claims he's what's needed for life to be fully and truly satisfying. Uh, Jesus uses bread as a metaphor for who he is and what he does for people. Uh, bread is nourishment. It's a staple food for many people who eat it every day to keep their bodies alive. Bread is satisfying. When someone is feeling hungry, bread fills you up really quick. It staves off the uncomfortable feeling of hunger and leaves your body feeling content. So nourishment, satisfaction, contentment, these are all effects of bread that a people in Jesus' day would have immediately connected with. But Jesus is the bread of, of life. He provides nourishment and satisfaction for the human heart. Jesus is using what uh, bread does for the body to tell us what he does spiritually. You know, he uses the longings and cravings our, our bodies have to help us understand the deeper longings and desires of our souls. It's very clear that this is what Jesus is doing because uh, he talks about himself being bread, but he doesn't actually say, uh, eat him. Uh, instead, he says, come to me and believe in me. He, he says that he's bread, but he's able to do something much more than what bread can do. Uh, not only does Jesus satisfy hunger, he can also satisfy thirst. And the satisfaction that Jesus brings is, is so great, it, it never ends, it, it's permanent, 
The ways Jesus satisfies is much greater and more essential to what people need than what bread can provide. In this metaphor, Jesus is not just ordinary bread. He is the bread of life. Let me try to reword what Jesus is trying to say to everyone in a different way. Jesus is is saying that uh, supreme satisfaction and life is found by coming to him in faith to nourish your heart. So supreme satisfaction and life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. What, What Jesus says here reveals something fundamental to who we are as people and what we need. People are more than physical beings who need food. People are more than emotional beings who need to be understood and empathized with. More, more fundamental than all of that. People are worshipers with hearts that long and desire for someone or something to love and devote ourselves to. And Jesus is saying he can satisfy that longing most fully and permanently. But Jesus tells us more than that. Not only does Jesus tell us he's, you know, he, not only does Jesus tell us he satisfies, he tells us the effect of finding satisfaction in him. Now, as Jesus discusses with the Jewish people in this long dialogue, he reveals to them much more about what he does as the bread of life. In verses 54 to 56, he says, you know, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. In in verse 54, feeding on Jesus or, or finding satisfaction in Jesus means eternal life. Not only is it the solution to the desire of our hearts, but all of our physical needs and desires, because Jesus will raise that person up on that last day, meaning he will bring that person back to life from the dead to live forever. Verse 56 tells us that feeding on Jesus puts us into intimate relationship with him. One where Jesus abides in the person and the person abides in Jesus. So there there are these three concepts that go together. uh, Eternal life, satisfaction, relationship with God. Ultimate satisfaction is found in intimate relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus means eternal life. Eternal life is lasting satisfaction and fulfillment through relationship with Jesus. Supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. So Jesus satisfies. Uh, This is a truth that uh, many Christians know and, and would agree with. But how true is this in your day-to-day life experience? Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, There's often a huge 
disconnect between what Jesus is claiming here and our experience in life. Our experience is we're, we're constantly striving for something else. We're constantly feeling unsatisfied with our situation. See, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus does satisfy the desires of our hearts fully and supremely. God himself came down from heaven to give this life to the world. His satisfying life is available for us to enjoy here and now. The question is, are we coming to Jesus to receive it from him? In this long conversation with the Jews, Jesus teaches us how to correctly come to him in faith. Uh, The first thing we need to do is to come to Jesus with the right priorities. The second thing we need to do is to trust Jesus alone for satisfaction and life. The last thing we need to do is go to Jesus again and again. Whether you've never come to Jesus in faith or whether you need to go to Jesus again, what Jesus says applies to all of us this morning. So let's explore how to come to Jesus, what that means in in more detail. The first thing is to come to Jesus with the right priorities. See, why are you coming to Jesus if you are? What do you want Jesus to do for you? Verse 26 tells us crowds of people were coming to Jesus because he had just performed an amazing miracle of multiplying bread to feed more than 5,000 of them in chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. The crowds were coming to Jesus because they wanted Jesus to satisfy their bodily needs. They were also coming to Jesus because they wanted Jesus to give them political freedom. After witnessing uh, Jesus' miracle, the crowd in verse 15 wanted to make him their king by force. They believed that he was the one that was going to free them from Roman rule. So when they don't see Jesus at the beginning of this passage, they continue to pursue him with extreme dedication and zeal. Now, they were willing to cross the sea to come to Jesus. And when they find Jesus, they say to him, he says to them, Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life. Uh, Jesus here is telling them to redirect your priorities. All the effort they've spent to find him to meet their physical needs should be directed to satisfying their spiritual needs. But the crowd misses the point. Uh, Instead of asking about the eternal life Jesus had just told them to seek, they asked him what they needed to do. Why are you coming to Jesus? What do you want Jesus to do for you? The point isn't that we shouldn't come to Jesus with our physical needs. The point is that we need to come to Jesus admitting that our greatest need is for him to satisfy our hearts and to desire that above all else. Uh, Jesus does care about physical needs. He performed a miracle to feed 5,000 people. Uh, But the reason Jesus satisfied their physical needs was to point them to the greater need of their hearts. 
And we are a lot more like the Jewish people in this passage than we would like to think. Uh, I hope your experience was different than mine a couple weeks ago, uh, but it was really hard for me to, to do grocery shopping. Our lines were ridiculously long. They were out the door. Each person had like a shopping cart full of food, which added, you know, to the length of wait. Uh, and during this time, I was actually just f- trying to find a loaf of bread. Uh, Emery really, really loves to eat bread, so I was just trying to make sure that he had bread to eat. But I actually couldn't find any bread. Um, e- even 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven is like the last resort because they you know, overpriced everything. So I went to 7-Eleven, and even though all the bread is overpriced, it was all sold out. And, and this whole you know, experience got me thinking you know, just how focused our lives are on pursuing immediate needs and desires. And it's here that Jesus says to us, do not work for food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life. Our need for physical food never ends because no matter how much we eat, it can't give us what we truly need, eternal life. You know, satisfaction in life isn't found in meeting these day-to-day needs because our needs go so much deeper than that. Why are you coming to Jesus? What do you want Jesus to do for you? You The ultimate answer should be that he would satisfy the desires and longing of my heart. Our our priority needs to be on what will give us permanent satisfaction. But in a society that's focused on material needs, it's, it's easy for Christians to get their priorities reversed. Now, on the outside, we actually look like the Jewish crowd. We're actually passionately following Jesus. We're willing to cross the sea for him, but our internal motivations aren't right. We, we, we fall into the temptation of seeking Jesus for those immediate needs, believing that that's where satisfaction is going to be found in. And when we follow Jesus like this, we, we don't find what we truly need. See, finding satisfaction in Jesus always starts with repentance. It requires turning the priority of your life, your whole heart direction, life direction, away from material satisfaction towards spiritual fulfillment. That's step one. So what are you seeking in life that has priority over satisfaction in Jesus right now? And are you willing to make your spiritual need your priority. So that's the first thing, coming to Jesus with the right priorities. The second thing that we need to do to come to Jesus correctly is to trust Jesus alone for satisfaction in life. And it's here that we need to ask ourselves the question, where are you going for satisfaction right now? You know, the Jewish people believed they had the answer to life. Their ancestors ate uh, physical bread supernaturally given to God. They believed that they would get life there by looking and following the traditions of their ancestors. And Jesus tells them in verse 49, you're looking in the wrong place. Their ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but in the end, they died What the Jewish people sought after couldn't give the life they ultimately needed. It would result in death. And it's here that Jesus makes a very exclusive statement in verse 53. 
unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Jesus is saying there is nothing else out there that can give you life. The only place you can find life is in me. Coming to Jesus in faith means believing there is no other way or place to find the satisfaction you need. It means recognizing no other pursuit can give you life. It means admitting that if you aren't coming to Jesus right here and right now, you don't have life. The Jews in this passage did not trust Jesus alone for satisfaction. They weren't even able to see their need for spiritual life. In verse 52, they were confused about what Jesus was talking about and argued about what he meant. The Jews were so focused on their material needs, they didn't see their need for Jesus. Trusting Jesus starts with admitting your need for Jesus. If you're not a Christian this morning, the only way you can truly find satisfaction in life is by trusting him for it. Pursuing anything else other than Jesus may seem to satisfy the desires of your heart, but that feeling is temporary. Like physical bread, it can't truly satisfy spiritual hunger. Even when people say that they are satisfied with life, the reason why is because they've achieved one goal they had that they were seeking after, and they're making good progress at the next goal. The pursuit, the seeking never stops because our desires aren't ultimately met. Only Jesus can satisfy our hearts so that we never hunger or thirst. But it's not just the crowd. It's not just the people out there who found Jesus' teaching hard to follow. The people who professed to follow Jesus as his disciples found his teaching difficult. They said to him, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? The disciples here found Jesus' saying hard because their hearts were also focused on material things. Where are you going for satisfaction in life? Is it in Jesus alone and nothing else? Uh, Many times a believer will say, yes, Jesus satisfied, but in our hearts, we don't believe that Jesus is all we need for satisfaction in life. Many times we believe to be satisfied in life, we need Jesus plus something else. Uh, Jesus plus a stable career. Jesus plus an ideal family. Jesus plus flexibility in work hours. Jesus plus enough time to enjoy our leisure activities. Jesus plus no mortgage. When the pursuit of your heart is divided between Jesus and something else, you aren't able to receive the spiritual nourishment that Jesus offers. You know, following, following a Jesus plus formula is like uh, drinking down a watered down protein shake or, or, or stuffing yourself with junk food before dinner. You're not getting uh, the nutrients you need. Uh, you know, for those of you who are uh, maybe uh, more into a Chinese cuisine, uh, it's like boiling a very, very nice pot of Chinese herbal soup. Like, like, all right? And then you, you know, put your best and freshest ingredients into it. You know, your chestnuts, your figs, your lotus root, your longan, your dates, your goji berries. Right? But, but right before drinking the soup, 
uh, your child takes a, a bottle of Coke and dumps it into the soup, wasting all of those precious uh, nutrients that you were supposed to get from it. Now, where are you seeking satisfaction in life in addition to Jesus? Your lifestyle reveals where you believe you can find satisfaction. Now, what do you find yourself addicted to recently? What do you find yourself not getting enough of? Your answer to these questions may reveal other things you're seeking in addition to Jesus for satisfaction. Are you willing to trust Jesus enough to turn your heart to only go to him for satisfaction? Because supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. Now, Jesus' words here isn't just good advice. It's not just one way to be satisfied. It's, it's good news. The good news that the Son of God has come down to heaven to people who are dying in sin to give us eternal life by dying on a cross, satisfying the desires of our hearts fully and permanently. Whoever comes to Jesus shall not hunger. Whoever believes in him shall never thirst. You know, this is such good news to people who are unsatisfied and discontent with pursuing the things of this world. The question is, do you believe this? And this brings us to the last point for this morning. And that's to go to Jesus in faith again and again. You know, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. Jesus is saying two key things. You know, he's using this metaphor of feeding and drinking to help us understand how we are to come to him and believe in him. You know, feeding and drinking is something you need to continually do. Uh, Jesus is saying, you can't just eat of me once. You need to continually come to me in faith. The second thing Jesus tells us is that we need to come to him in the context of relationship. Uh, those who feed on him, those who come to Jesus, abides in him and, and he in them. You know, eternal life means relationship with God. Satisfaction of the heart comes from cultivating and enjoying relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus means coming to him because you trust who he has claimed to be. And we need to be doing this continually. You know, coming to Jesus should be as, as natural as eating. You know, why, why do you eat food every day? Uh, that seems like a very funny question uh, because you can't continue to live without it. Uh, why do you go to Jesus in faith every day? Uh, well, because you can't truly live without him. You know, going without physical food affects us negatively. Uh, when we get so caught up in our work, for example, that we skip a meal or two, uh, we start to feel faint, tired, it, it's hard to concentrate. You know, as that hunger grows, it, it, it affects our mood. Uh, we're more agitated, impatient. Uh, the effect is so noticeable that a word has been created for it. Uh, we get uh, hangry. Okay, we get hangry. It's like so hungry that you become angry. You know, Christian, when you are not going to Jesus to nourish your heart, you get spiritually hangry. 
You become selfish and uncaring towards others. You feel increasingly unsatisfied and restless with life. You lose self-control and give in to past addictions to fill that void. Life feels tiresome. Ministry feels burdensome. But the good news is because you have a relationship with Jesus, because he abides in you, you don't have to stay that way for one second longer. No, Jesus wants to satisfy your hungry heart with his glory. So much that you're so full, you can't help but love others. You are so satisfied, life is enjoyable in any situation. You are so content, you don't feel a need to indulge in other things. Your heart is so nourished, you are so energized to serve others and tackle the challenges of life. The question is, are you willing to go to Jesus in faith again? Do you believe that Jesus is the bread of life God the Father has sent to give life to the world? Do you believe that life is found in him and him alone? Are you willing to turn away from everything else and make it your priority to feed on Jesus? The Apostle Paul describes his experience, his testimony of finding satisfaction in Christ like this in Philippians. You know, I, I, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the life that's available to all who believe in Jesus and continue to come to him in faith. Supreme satisfaction in life is found by coming to Jesus in faith to nourish your heart. Uh, for, for, for the past uh, two weeks, uh, EEC has had a time of prayer every night for 15 minutes. And the, one of the purposes behind this is to encourage us as a church uh, to go to Jesus in faith together to let him nourish our hearts. So in my mind, I know this is something that Christians should do. Uh, so I've made, a, I've made a point to join in regularly. Uh, but, but of course, uh, things don't uh, happen as planned. Uh, there's been a couple of nights uh, where you know, I've just been left completely exhausted. You know, Emery isn't having a good night. He's up crying in bed when he should be sleeping. We were just able to calm him down. Uh, Evelyn's pregnancy pains are, you know, getting worse. So she's not unable to move, which means I'm putting more work and exhausting myself physically there as well. And I'm looking at the clock. Prayer time is in five minutes. And I'm thinking, God, I, I don't have the, the mental or physical energy to do anything. You know, I just want to sit on my couch and do nothing. And in that moment, you know, I feel the Holy Spirit just, just encouraging me. You know, do you trust that if you come to me in faith, I'll be able to give you what you truly need in this moment? And, and I found that Jesus has been faithful every night to encourage my heart in just the right way as I've chosen to trust him. You know, I don't come out of every prayer time feeling uh, physically refreshed. Uh, sometimes I do, uh, but many times I feel more tired than before because it's later at night. But I've never once regretted deciding to trust Jesus enough to seek him in prayer. Uh, in fact, most of the time I find myself regretting that I didn't 
decide to trust Jesus sooner. I find myself regretting that I had to miss prayer because I had something else to do. I find myself wanting to spend more time with him because he is so supremely satisfying in a way that makes being more physically tired actually worth it in the end. Now, if you're hearing my sharing and you feel guilty for not praying, then you've missed the point. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty for not trusting Jesus in prayer. What I'm trying to say is, you know, Jesus has a free five-star, all-you-can-eat spiritual buffet that's open 24-7 for all of us to enjoy for as long as we want. You know, it's, it's a buffet that's much better than the Mandarin Oriental. I know I've been going there every night to eat and the food is superb. Let's go feast on him together. You know, we're living in a city filled with people who are increasingly unsatisfied with Hong Kong. What kind of impact would EEC have if we lived fully satisfied in him? So satisfied that we're, we're just thinking about the needs of others, what we can give to them because we're so full. Uh, so content that people around us can't help but notice and ask, what's your secret to living life with so much contentment here in Hong Kong? And then we can tell them, Jesus is the bread of life. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I just pray for all of us here that you would just move our hearts, God. Even right now, just turn our hearts to come to you, to, to feast on you, to look to you. God, I pray that this week, God, that you would respond to our, our, our steps of faith to come to you in ways that are more than we can ask or imagine, God. That we can each say for ourselves, Jesus, you are the bread of life. And that we would want more of you as a church. We want more of you, God. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just, we just put ourselves in your hands. In your name we pray. Amen.